Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I'm a musician and therapist in Los Angeles. Why Not Both is all about how our multiple passions inform our identity. And this season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine and produced by Laura Studeris. If you like what you hear, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and come spend time with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, and that is both on Instagram and on Twitter. For this episode, we got to interview Soko, who's an amazingly talented musician as well as actress. I hope that you enjoy our conversation. Well, I'm here with Soko. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Why Not Both. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming. <laughs> um, the first question I usually ask is, what do you do? But I've taken to asking, what's a better question than what do you do? Um, what do you like? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Soka, what do you like? Um, I like making music. Yay! <laughs> I like listening to your music. <laughs> I love being a mom. Oh. And I love being creative and making movies. And um, I love food. And Ooh. I'm vegan, so I love eating good vegan food. Um, yes. I love running. Really? When my food's not broken. Yeah, that would make running very challenging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love traveling. Mm. Uh, I love seeing my family in France. Oh. I love living in LA. Um, we switched from like to love because I felt yeah. like love was better. I like, it's really lovely hearing about how many things you like and then escalate to love. Yeah. It's just like, you're so full of love for many things. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm a care bear. <laughs> um, uh, I love animals. Uh, I'm obsessed with cats. Yes. Um, and I love, um, stars in the sky when you can see them. Right. And in Joshua Tree. Yeah. <laughs> and I love going to shows. Ooh. I love watching movies. Um, I love making movies. And I love hanging out with my friends. Oh. And I love, um, sleepovers. Yes. And I love my brother. Oh. And I love my girlfriend. And I yes. love my baby. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my brain, like, that whole time was like, oh, I want to ask about all the things you love. And I was like, oh gosh, you love so many things. <laughs> so like this is what I do title. slash like slash love. Exactly. Because I was like, that's a big wave of love. It's good love. To be continued. <laughs> What do you love most about being a mom? Before we started recording, we were talking about the joys and delights and strangeness of toddlerhood. Yeah, um, what I like most about being a mom is um, that my baby think that uh, kisses are with the mouth open. <laughs> and he thinks that um, <laughs> kissing is biting my lips really hard. And he thinks it's really funny. <laughs> Your baby has a great sense of humor. Yeah, he, 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 he cracks up. He's like, ha, ha, I kissed mom. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, you bit my lip. You bit my lip. <laughs> That's not how you do kisses, my love. <laughs> Close your mouth. You're too young gentle. for this. <laughs> gentle kiss, gentle yeah. kiss. He's getting into his French heritage. Yeah, <laughs> he's way too French, this baby. <laughs> He's like, no, mom, I know how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Open mouth Straight nibble. to the biting. Yeah. 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 You're like, no, you got to build up to that. <laughs> As for consent. Exactly, exactly. Hold Not with down. your mom. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is such a problematic narrative. Just like... <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. How do you, I noticed in your video that, have you released that video? The video that... Being sad is not a crime, uh -huh. yes. Was that... So that was your son in that video? Yes. Oh! <laughs> What's it like now getting to kind of, like, express your creativity with your child? Um, well, to be honest, I haven't done much of it. Mm -hmm. um, I did shoot three movies since he is born. Oh, my God. Um, 
so I did three feature films, two American films, one French film, and they were all on location, so that had us travel quite a lot. And oh my, gosh. my girlfriend Stella would come on set with us and oh. like be with us all the time. And I'm still nursing. He's wow. almost 16 months. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. um, so, yeah, he would come on set. And that would be like the one thing that would be different mm -hmm. is that I would sometimes kind of like lose my focus a little bit because I'd right. have my little baby come in. Oh. eats from me exactly I was gonna say because then in a way it's like you're split it's like yeah. you're and the way one of my friends described it is that she feels as though part of her mind is always with her son yes like she said that there's always a part that's like corded off that's like yes. always like tending to her child always yeah 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 and and then for music and for that video um it was the first video and first song I released in a long time and since I've been a mom. Mm -hmm. And so since it's such a dramatic change from the last yeah. time I put music out, I thought, well, you know, like obviously with social media and stuff, people know that, you know, I'm a mom or right, whatever. Right. And I thought it would be a nice way to come back to show really the struggle of being a working mom and yeah. what it feels like to have to like separate from him every morning oh. and the song is called being sad is not a crime and it's really all about like embracing all feelings and emotions and saying you know it's okay to be sad and it's yeah. just a natural emotion and yeah. if there was less stigma on feeling shame and guilt around having having feelings natural human feelings then they'll the world would probably be a better place i wholeheartedly agree with that so and and it happened when indigo we shot when indigo was 10 months old and he was just going through oh, like separation his anxiety separation anxiety yeah and two weeks before we had gone to see the pediatrician and they were like has he started having separation anxiety I'm like no he's the easiest baby he never like you know he <laughs> oh, no. only cries for like the uh -huh, obvious things uh -huh. but like he never cries when we like wait bye bye or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and then when we shot the video he just started a few days ago oh. which was perfect because I was gonna say it's perfect because like and even validating that it's okay that he feels that yeah and it's it's saying exactly what the song is saying and what I wanted to say with the video is that mm -hmm. all feelings should always be welcome. Yeah. And if we welcome them with babies, you know, adults are just big babies. Oh, totally. So, <laughs> so why don't we all agree that, you know, we all need to be cradled and pet and fed and, mm -hmm. you know, and have a little... And that we're sad when that's taken away sometimes. Yeah. And that that's natural, like... I mean, we were talking before that I have a therapy practice as well. And I mean, I see that so much that people are ashamed of feeling like, oh, I need this person too much or, oh, I'm, I'm too much myself. My feelings are too much. Mm. And I always feel so sad because I'm like, no, it's okay to want people and need yeah. people. Like that's yeah. actually quite natural because when we're babies, especially like you're describing your son, separation anxiety usually kicks in because babies are like, oh shit, is this how I die? Like, they're like, babies are like, oh my God, because they don't have any other experiences. And yeah. all of a sudden they know that you're the one caring for them. Mm -hmm. And so that means that they are securely attached to you because they see yeah. you as safety. Yeah. And slowly they learn like, oh, they come back. My parents come yeah. back. Like, my mom comes back and comforts me. And they're like, yeah. oh, okay. But even as adults, we have those same feelings where it's like when people we love are far away, we're like, is this how I go? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It's, like, it's crazy sometimes when you're like in not secure relationships I I think I remember a lot of the moments where I was like this is the last time I'm kissing this person uh -huh. I know they're gonna break up with me uh -huh. like this is the last time or this is the last time I'm like driving them back to their house yeah or this is the last yeah. time we're having dinner together when you're cognizant that you're like this is it yeah yeah yeah. It's weird it's, it's very trippy weird. it's very weird Indigo just started um telling me bye-bye when he's okay for me to leave the room oh and it's 
it's crazy too yeah, because how I'm does like, it feel to be like oh is it okay if i leave like, well because before he used to put my hand under his cheek <laughs> and hold it there and, and like block it with his yeah, face exactly. against the mattress <laughs> yes. so that i wouldn't leave he's like no mom you're staying yeah. right here like you're now moving and then if i tried to slip away he, he would, would wake grab up. it with both hands and like just put put me so close to him in, in his crib <laughs> And then for like the past three nights, he's been like, uh, uh, uh. I'm like, what? You're waving me bye bye? You don't need me? Okay. Okay. Big boy. Okay. Yeah. See you in the morning. Heck yeah. And I love that you gave him the opportunity to say bye bye and be like, I can fall asleep on my own, mom. Yeah. Oh, that is, oh my gosh. And like, Especially I was thinking because you make such a mode of music that of course you'd be so in tune with your child's emotions. And I was just like, what a lucky baby to grow up with someone who's like, these emotions are all fine and accepted. Yeah. Well, also, I, um, as soon as I gave birth, I met a girl whose mom is Janet Lansbury, who does Ryan oh. Method, which is very interesting. Yeah, it's called yeah, Respectful yeah. Parenting. Yes. Yes. And so that, that's what I've been incorporating in Raising Indigo in China. That's wonderful. Do Rai and make him a fully functioning, independent mm-hmm. little kid mm-hmm. that has good self-confidence and yes. feels loved and has healthy boundaries and Aww. knows that I'm here no matter what, no matter yeah. what he's feeling and that I'm always going to be supportive of whatever he's going through. Oh, and that's, that's, I mean, that's what gives kids confidence and then adults confidence to be secure in their emotions and to have good boundaries mm-hmm. if they feel that they're accepted. Like if they know that there's always a secure place that they can go back to. Yeah, I think I've, I felt so much shame around my emotions as a kid mm-hmm. because I lost my dad when I was five and mm-hmm. my grief was not, there was no place for it. Because then my mom was a single mom of four. Oh my goodness. And completely alone. And we didn't have money. And she didn't have the emotional capacity to support our emotional needs. Of course. Because her whole life ended up being about survival. I was going to say she was in survival mode at that Mm -hmm. point. Oh my gosh. So... So I never felt like my emotional needs were met as a kid. So that's why it's like even more important than, and and that's why my music is so emotional, period, because because I never felt heard as a kid. So putting music out for it to be heard is like such a weird relief of like oh finally people are interested in hearing me what does it feel like to be heard in that way like that you get um, to at first I think it was very strange to have people identify to things I was writing that felt so ultimately my own and Uh so personal and so deep down this could only happen to me how could you say that you identify with this right Right. Like, this is my story. Yeah, and you're like, hold up, you have part of this story too? Yeah. So at first I was kind of like, wait, what? No. And now I'm like, yes, we're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. We all have like all of those feelings. That's a strange thing. And the more personal it is, the The more more it resonates with people. Yeah. The more like generic and trying to reach people it is, then it's just pop on the radio. It's such a weird paradox because we all, I think you're right in that we all have like the same emotions. It's just that the details of our stories are different, Mm -hmm. but underneath it, like the undercurrents are all the same. Well, we all have the ability in us to access every single emotion from Mm -hmm. the minute we're born. Mm -hmm. And then it's just about like, if you have the space for that and if you let yourself do it and, and it's like the full rainbow of emotion is yes. available, accessible and for and it everyone. Can be, I think it scares some people to try and access part of it. Like people feel unsafe if they don't know that they can be secure in feeling. I was like, I literally thought in my head, I was like, if they can go all the way to indigo, which was an odd thought. Because I was like, what's at the end of the spectrum? <laughs> it is indigo. It's indigo. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's, he's called indigo blue. He's little rainbow baby. <gasps> he's two colors of the rainbow. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like my heart. <laughs> and ovaries. 
And ovaries. <laughs> Heart and ovaries. I was just like, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for other people's kids. Like, it's funny because, like, I, I've never felt whatever that thing is where, like, you feel that you're like, I want to be a mom. I'm always just like, I want to nurture every child that's here. Aww. Like, I think I'm maybe, like, the perfect, like, auntie archetype mm-hmm. where I just, like, anytime I see kids, I'm like, hi. <laughs> kids, dogs, cats. Yeah. All universally there in my list. If someone asked me my love list, I was like, oh, those would be high on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel <laughs> like... that very deeply. I was definitely that person. But also, I was, since I'm born, I was like, I can't wait to be a mom. Yeah, that was the same as my best friend. I remember talking to her when we met when we were 12, and I remember her being like, I can't wait to be a mom. And I was like, I can't wait to be the aunt to your child. (laughs) Started early. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, we're totally there now. And it's like, it's a great system. (laughs) I was like, got what you wanted. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. My best friend replicated herself. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Amazing. When you were talking, I was also wondering, like, did that inform your choice to then go into acting? Because then you're embodying so many emotions too. I think acting was an escape at first. Um, I started going to like theater school and classes when I was five. soon after my dad passed away, Mm -hmm. and at the same time, I started taking piano lessons and Mm -hmm. uh, music theory which I'm terrible at, but, um, but it was all kind of at the same time. My mom was like trying to make me go out of the house and oh, be around people uh-huh, and have outlets uh-huh. to, you know, like of course have good expression. And, yeah. um, and, and so the reason why I wanted so badly to be an actress was so that I could escape my reality mm. and be someone else. That makes sense. And and there's like, not work? well, there's not a <laughs> well, yes, definitely because somehow I'm like a little bit too method, <laughs> so I definitely go like people are like you need to protect yourself. I'm like how the. Do you do, do that? that? Yep, you're like, nope, it's either on or off. Yeah. You just swing into the deep It end. really is a switch. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it is still sort of an escape. Like, I love working with a team of people. I love mm. collaborating. Mm. And music, music feels extremely isolating. It can. Except definitely. making this record, actually. This record is the first one that I made in the studio that was like born in the studio yeah like what what made this one different so had the other ones not been in the studio like had you been the other ones i would like demo by myself on my Mm -hmm. computer Mm -hmm. um have all the songs written before i go into studio or you know know exact exactly like have like a bunch of songs before i go in right right, right, this one i had like stuff that were in my voice memos that i didn't think were any worth at all yes and it's, then yeah. and they were not complete ideas at right. all were they just but little... I went in the studio and I was like oh I don't have any ideas today let me look at my voice memos oh yeah I had this oh that's a cool guitar riff let me see if I can write something on it mm. and then we'd record it and so the first recording was what would end up on the record the first oh, time so I would cool. ever do it well and that's often I find that sometimes that's the best take of any song that yes. you're writing is the first yeah time it comes out because yeah. you can't replicate because it's honest yeah yeah because if you it's keep, like first yeah. takes and acting yeah always my favorite they're always like yeah like I usually use a lot of my first vocal takes because they're the most true to what the song is yeah. I'm not overthinking it yeah. I'm not yeah I can't get in my head about it yeah <laughs> like, yeah wow who who were you working with like was it a team of people that you'd already been comfortable with or was it no uh all new people um i i started making the record with patrick wimbley mm-hmm. who is uh, in chairlift and he oh, had cool. just finished producing um the last mgmt record oh, cool. and solange and had also worked with girlfriends of mine that mm-hmm. i know i knew he was like good at like working with the ladies mm-hmm. and good um, good. And so that was great. And, um, it, he's the easiest person and like, he's always in a good mood and it, he, anytime I would go tripping in my head and judging myself, he'd be like, I think it's great. I think we should move on. 
but in such a way that I was like, I think he's right. I think he's right. Like yeah. having that trust is so difficult because especially working with men in the studio, mm-hmm. like either, I don't know if you've had this experience, but having men kind of like run over the narrative of what you're doing as opposed to serving what you're doing. I've had that in the past, yeah. but this record was very different. I felt like all the men that were part of this record were very sensitive and had a super sweet feminine side and were extremely supportive of women. That's fantastic. And um, Sean Lennon worked a bit on the record Mm -hmm. and um, James Richardson from MGMT. Mm -hmm. I recorded a few songs with him and that was awesome. And then I did a a few songs, three songs with Dustin from Beach Fossils. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... He's the best, and I don't know. Everyone was just like so down for the cause, and that's so cool. And then I finished the record with Chris Cody here mm-hmm. in LA. Uh, we finished production and uh, mixes here, and Chris has worked with many women that I love and admire. So that's fantastic. It felt very safe. Good. And then there was one girl that played on the record that is Stella Musgawa from More Paint. Uh, she played drums, and that was lovely. And my friend Meg, they were uh, amazing. They played um, guitar on a bunch of tracks there in a band called Hannah Habits. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> oh, and like... I'm so glad that you're talking about this, like, this group of people that came around you because it sounds like music was almost isolating for you before that. Yeah, it definitely felt more, like, a safe... Well, I think I just, like, stopped having imposter syndrome. Mm. And at the Mm -hmm. minute that I was like, I know how to do this. I know what I'm talking about. And I know what I like and I know how to get it. I know sounds. I know how to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I know how to, like, direct sessions I know how to produce. There you go. I know how to talk about sounds. And then I had such a clear um, vocabulary and Mm. language with musicians that it felt so much easier to invite people to collaborate than when I felt like I had to prove myself that I knew how to do it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you mentioned before we were recording that you said that you'd recorded a lot that was unreleased and like we were talking about how it was like, I was saying about my own stuff too, how it's like you do a lot that's on the way to being good, that's on the way to like... Or sometimes you, you just write a song and you're like, I would never listen to this, this is actually <laughs> bad, like this is cheesy, like I'm, no. True. I've, I've actually tried sometimes to write purposefully bad songs just to see what it's like. <laughs> And <laughs> they're really funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna play them for anybody. <laughs> but it's like yeah. sometimes you just need to make a little doodle and throw exactly. it in the trash. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Or sometimes I'll just be like laughing at myself at the piano. Where I'm like, that is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I make a lot of really terrible stuff before I make something that I'm like, maybe that. Maybe that. Yeah, and like you were saying about the voice notes also on your phone, I think every musician I know has like the voice notes and also the memos, and it's full of either like brilliant ideas or a note that you wrote to yourself in the middle of the night that you're like, why? Uh, <laughs> like, where was I going with that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I have tons of both. And But you know what? I, I started getting attached to, uh, I can't get attached to the sound. Oh my gosh. That's a fascinating, and I was just like, if you if you hate watching yourself, I was just like, so I'm guessing, how do you deal with that when you're on screen? Um, I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have to watch the movies. True. Because <laughs> True. I was thinking, I was just like, I that do was, sometimes. <laughs> oh my god, I was like, that would be to like torment yourself. I'm like imagining going to a premiere of something you had been in that I was like, then you'd have to watch yourself. I was like, ooh. Oh yeah, cold sweats. Oh. I've oh. been. At like discovering a movie in the massive room at Cannes in competition, you know, and uh, feeling like I can't believe everyone is discovering this at the same time as I am. I want to die. I want to disappear. Uh, what the fuck is going on? I would basically just be like smelling lavender oil and hoping to twirl into like an abyss somewhere. <laughs> in a lavender field. Yes, I'd just yeah. be like, take me away. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just like, whew. I'm like getting anxiety thinking about it. <laughs> um, 
How, like, how did you balance essentially working on music and working on films? And did people ever get confused that you were kind of both? Um, well, I feel like this new generation is a lot more like multi-hyphenate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Hyphenate. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Wait, how do you say it? I would probably say multi-hyphenate. I think you're good. Because I thought I was like, would it be like, no, that's the right stress? Because I was like, yeah. no, all the other stresses sound really weird in my head. <laughs> So uh, I think there's more room for that now. I feel like there's a lot more people that are, you know, writers and, mm -hmm. you know, directors and, and this and this and this and this and that. Yeah. And it's beautiful because Leonardo da Vinci had 24 jobs. Exactly. Like, why can't we? Why do we have to be one thing for the rest of our lives? I've always wondered that. It's why I started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Cause I was... So... I don't know. I love both equally and I and I needed both mm -hmm. to feel stable and healthy and and yeah. and to feel like my entire creative side is being fueled and attended to. Yeah, cuz it sounds like they they really do fill different parts of you. Like one is your own emotional expression and now there is room for that and people are holding it for you. Mm -hmm. And then the other like you said that you can disappear into someone else. Yeah. So I was like, oh, those are... And serve a project and something yeah. that is not all made by me. And exactly. That is, feels a little less selfish. Oh, and like, it broke my heart when you said like that you dealt with imposter syndrome because every, every female and non-binary artist that I've talked to has felt that way. That especially you're like, oh, am I really a producer yet? Am I yeah. really this yet? Am I really... And I'm like... Uh, of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, yes. But it's okay. I feel like it takes years to master your craft. Yeah. And I started making music when I was 19. And I am now 34 and about to release my third album. And yeah. I finally feel confident with my music. What encouraged you to come to Los Angeles? Um, I have really bad seasonal depression oh this is perfect because our seasons yeah. are mainly oops something's on fire or oh no there was a mudslide yeah. <laughs> like... um, but also i have always felt like an outcast in france for um, being vegan and being an activist and oh, caring wow. about the environment things that like you know 12 years ago felt like I was a lunatic for right. thinking that way right. and that now people are finally starting to embrace about time. You're ahead of your time. Um, I want people to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> so because I've been on that boat for a while, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. felt much easier to feel like I belong and feel accepted and yeah. feel like I'm in the right place with like-minded people around me in right. Los Angeles. That makes total sense. I love asking people that question because I'm from here, so I'm always curious what brings people here. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of good vegan restaurants. Oh, heck yes. <laughs> have you ever... I know it's like a really long drive because in the valley, but have you been to Follow Your Heart? I have not, actually. <gasps> have not. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's that's where when I, became, when I became vegan as a teenager, several of my friends worked there, and that's like the first vegan restaurant I went to, and I swear... It looks like, I mean, I wasn't alive in the 70s, but it, it looks like a portal to the 70s. Oh, cool. <laughs> like, Great. I'll check it out. I've been going to Jewel a lot in Zoho Lake, oh. which I love. Oh my God. I literally just... Queer-owned yes. vegan restaurant, like yes. all rainbow. Come on. Oh, they Couldn't have, be any better. They have this toast that has like this like vegan maple bacon and like the kumquat jam on oh, it. Oh yeah. It's insane. I'm down. It's... <laughs> I have kumquats in my garden if you want to come pick some. Oh my... Make I, your own kumquat jam. I am obsessed with please, kumquat jam. Please, it's full full of kumquats. I will come and scavenge your kumquats. Please, please do. <laughs> I'm not just saying that. I totally will. Please. <laughs> I literally have mason jars ready because I make Great. overnight oats. Great. <laughs> Perfect. I'm like, I will scavenge. Do it. And also, we have a lot of clementines and lemons if you would like some. Oh, I yeah. would love some. Yeah. I like a good We're trade of a good fruits. good citrus trade. Yeah. <laughs> like... I love trades. Yes. Yes. Like, come to the Why Not Both podcast. We've got citrus. Uh, <laughs> like... Love it. Love. And I think, like, it's interesting that you said, like, here's where you felt accepted by people because I think that, in a way, LA is kind of, like, 
a city of both like outsiders and also the most popular people from their tiny towns. It's like this weird melange. Yeah, <laughs> like... I can see that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that you found like your people here. Yeah. Um, the one of your loves you said is that you love to go back to France. Like, does the rest of your family all live? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I miss them. Mm-hmm. It's hard because uh, Indigo has seven cousins. Oh wow! <laughs> so a lot. Oh my of, gosh! I have a lot of siblings. Yeah, you said that you were your mom had four. Well, it's six of us. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Us and yeah, lots of grandkids. Family. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's hard to be far away from my mom and my sisters and the other kids and. Oh. I was gonna say because like when he's older, it'll probably be like he's kind of glamorous, but also then he doesn't get to spend like as much time with them growing up. Yeah. Oh. Does your brother live here at least? He doesn't know. Yeah, no. Everyone lives in France. I was like, come on, siblings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. My brother is actually visiting in two weeks. Good, good, good. I was just like, cause being being a mom as well as literally anything else at the same time is very challenging. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. There's literally <laughs> never a dull moment when it's not a stomach flu, it's the teeth coming, and mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. then it's something else. <laughs> And doing that, especially, like, you said it's you and your girlfriend, especially on set, like, I'm like, that's, that sounds like you're always doing, like, a it's rock and roll cast-off. Yes. <laughs> like, it's rock and roll. Yes. Like, I was like, kudos to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm bowing. I'm bowing to Circa right now. I'm like, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I was like, how do you make time for yourself to rest or even to kind of tap into what uh, you're I don't. I don't. I haven't been able to write in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I used to journal so much. I've not had time. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna make picture books for my baby and like write him letters and do all these cute things for him. And I don't have time. Right, right. You're like, no, I'm just gonna spend time with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really just don't, there's no time. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that, that like when I knew you were releasing an album, I was just like, how did she have time to write that with a baby? Because the first few years of life are so intense. Yeah, it was all written before. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The album was like <laughs> done before he was born. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in some ways, it's like being a mom, it sounds like you're being like so consumed by someone else's emotions temporarily and not that it's a bad thing but it's like you're taking on his his emotional existence and trying to be present for that yeah it's like that's such a but you know it's like every day you feel like you're failing because it's never enough you're like oh i was on my phone when he needed this and i had to be on a phone call and of course like i still have so much stuff to do with releasing the record with still trying to make money and trying to still be a relevant artist that can like (laughs) work on cool projects right you're like i'm not I'm not just any mom. Yeah. I'm the cool mom. (laughs) But it's hard because it takes a lot of time away from him and it's it's a really hard battle. Right. And he I struggle with it a lot. I can imagine. It's been really hard. Well, because also like I think that people underestimate the mental labor and the emotional labor as well as the physical being present. Because once, I mean, especially once he's of preschool age and can be more independent, then it sounds like you'll have more time for your own emotional landscapes to kind of yeah. emerge. Yeah. Or for baby number two. <laughs> I like that you're like looking at me dead serious. You're like, I'm going to make another. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Like, yes. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Nico will learn how to be a big brother. Yeah. Yes. He needs to learn how to share, man. That's so funny. Well, in a way, you're teaching him that when you do say like, "Oh, I have to, I have to be on the phone, or I have to this." I was yeah. like, "That's actually an important skill for kids too to know that like you're still present, but that they can wait." Yeah. Because as adults, we we often have to do that. You do. <laughs> you do. I don't like it, but it's still a good skill to know. Yay. <laughs> it's like it's not my favorite, but um, I guess like. What would you say are the things that have brought you the most joy in your creative life, like of being able to share your music and of acting? Like, are there any high points that you feel? Mm. 
has brought you the most? I haven't toured in three years, mm-hmm. but I remember from the minute I started that being on stage was always my favorite. That's amazing. Um, and that thrill was always sort of like making me feel completely uninhibited. Is that how you say? Yeah. And, um, and I felt like I could be funny and I could be loud or quiet or emotional or a riot and that as long you have no choice but being completely in the moment mm-hmm. there's no escape there's nowhere to go you. <laughs> and so I always felt like my best self when I was on stage wow like I'm like I wish I could be so assertive and confident when I'm out of stage wow and so that was always great joys um And now I'm extremely terrified of going back on tour or like playing really? full shows. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I was like, wondering. I was like, it just feels like it's like, oh, that was good in my 20s. Oh, because like I'm just... too old. Come on, I'm an old fart. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, because I, I was thinking about that. I was like, if anything, now because you're so much more like secure and confident in your music, I was like, That's interesting that now you're like, oh God. Yeah, it switched. This? Like, yeah. before I was like not confident in the studio because I was like, I'm just so good live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I'm so safe in the studio and I love it and I feel mm-hmm. like completely comfortable and, and like I can challenge myself and I can explore and I like how my voice sound in this microphone uh-huh. and, you know. I All the things and and it switched. Now I'm like ah, I'm terrified of like forming a band and oh. having to have band dynamic and telling them. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a vegan tour and there's not gonna be any drinking and partying. If that's what you want with your career, totally fine. Not my band. Exactly. There was someone that was walking in West Hollywood and two older men were walking next to me and all I overheard them say was, "Well, you know, you're never too old for a band fight." <laughs> Yeah, dude. And I just wanted to look at them and be like, that was, I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, yeah, trying to get, trying to get people on board for that. But honestly, like, I think it's probably a lot of people who would want to go on a vegan tour with you. <laughs> like, I was like, well, holler. Exactly. I was just like, call up Soko, be like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. I got my jar of peanut butter. I got, yeah, right? <laughs> I was like, we got this handled. And what you said. I'm like, how do I do like a no waste tour where I'm like telling the venues, I don't want any like single use plastic yeah. and I want everything and catering to be vegan and I you want know? it to be all about health and the environment. Like, how do I do that? I don't know. I think honestly with with the right tour manager, I think that would actually be amazing because then you could guide the way for other artists to do that because yeah. there's a lot of artists who have been, I was talking to a few artists overseas that were reluctant to do bigger tours because of the environmental impact of yeah. traveling that much, yeah. especially flying, that it's like, it's just not worth the environmental impact. They're like, well, what do we do? Do we live stream? Do we like, how do we get around that? Like, how would we offset this? So I think actually like when you're ready to take it on, Yeah. That you could kind of lead the way on that. Mm. Because I know that it's a concern of other people as well. Yeah. Um, I remember a few of my friends from the UK were touring here and they were on an all vegan tour as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was joking. I was like, peanut butter in the van. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, Trail you, mix. Oh, yeah. Cliff bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get a lot of fiber. <laughs> like, Gas station poops. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love that people are like, is being a musician glamorous? I'm like, 5% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> If even. Maybe three. <laughs> like, Because I'm wondering what will happen when you do, like, break the seal and play a show again. Because you spoke to kind of the control that you have in the studio and almost that uninhibitedness of stage. And that yeah. They're, they're opposites. Yeah. And I'm wondering which Soko will come out when you're on stage again. <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Like, I guess I'll have to interview you after you play your first show again. My God. I don't even know when that's going to happen. <laughs> Because that's, I find that at least for me, the longer I'm not on stage, the more freaked out I am about being on stage. Yeah. Whereas if I'm doing it more frequently, I'm like, oh, this is fine. Because I, I personally am a total studio rat. 
Yeah. Like, and I think that you're right about, like, the safety and the control yeah. and the, like, if anything, like, goes wrong, you can fix it immediately. Whereas on yeah. stage, you're just like, I guess I just broke my drum machine stand. Well, to me, it's seriously, the thing that terrifies me the most is, like, I, I forget the songs as soon as I write them. Yes. So I'm like, okay, I have to, like, learn these songs again yes. and find a band that can play them the yes. way I wrote them. Because every single note is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you're like, like, I wrote like, these arrangements <laughs> and I love them. So like, we're not changing anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to get over it. It's, it's a stupid fear. Uh, my friend has a birthday in two days and she's like, are you going to play at my birthday? I'm like, no. no. She's like, I'm renting an amp and a mic for you and you'll have a little setup. And I'm like, no. no. And then my girlfriend's like... Are you gonna play at her birthday? I'm oh, like, now the girlfriend's asking him too. I'm like, oh, dude, like, dude, maybe I should because I'm gonna have to start playing again anyway. You know, if you are gonna break the seal, because I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, I guess either playing in like a friend's backyard or maybe at yeah. like the standard West Hollywood in the nice yeah. lounge, like yeah, yeah. somewhere that's like cozy I, and comforting I, and like. The problem <laughs> is that I really don't wanna play like solo things yeah and that's what everybody wants well i think everyone everyone in a way i think i'm like i didn't write these songs with so many arrangements to just like play them on an acoustic guitar by myself well do you think that people might do that i don't know if this is accurate but maybe because people are like oh your songs are so personal of course you'd want to play them solo like yeah they might get like this misconception of like what you actually want to do yeah and you're like like no i love sexy bass lines and that is what my favorite thing about music is. And slow drum beats. Yes. And all smooth operator, everything else. <laughs> I like that that should be your call to bandmates. Be like, excuse me. Yeah. I need some slow Sexy bass. Yeah. Sexy bass. Yeah. Just, just bring these elements. Just like sway your hips slowly. Slowly. <laughs> Not too fast. Yeah. Don't take Indigo's lead on this one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's so funny because like I've played with, I've played with other people in a band before, but I've usually been other people's bandmates, mm-hmm. and I actually sometimes find that less stressful because then if someone totally. tells me play exactly this, I'm like, yeah, I, I can, can do, that. do that. Yeah, less pressure. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, oh, you want me to play that on the Glockenspiel? I got this. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Whereas, like, with my own stuff, like, I think that's why, like, sometimes when I play solo, I feel like a little octopus, because I'm like, well, I guess I'll trigger all the samples and play the piano while I'm singing, yeah. because at least I trust myself that I'll be doing this right, but also at the same time, I'm like, nah, nee, huh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sometimes being on stage, like you were talking about with a band, some of it is relinquishing some of the control. You have to trust that people are going to be the smooth operators that you want yeah. them to be. But then I love how I'm surrounded by those sounds. Yes. Well, in the studio, are you tracking, like, when you're doing those takes, are you are you tracking asynchronously, or are you tracking everyone at once, or, like, what's Track your... by track. Okay. Yeah, like, because I find that in the studio, that's better, but, like, when you're playing live, like, to have, like you said, the sound surrounding yeah. you, there's nothing like that to yeah. have that feeling. Like, that's, like... I'm, like, if tomorrow I could have, like, a super sweet, like, queer band, yes. young, awesome, vegan friendly, that is, has a lot of compassion and want to support a female solo artist and they love babies and animals and they already knew my songs and had yes. all the right sounds, I'd be like, let's do let's this. Let's do it. I was like, I'm on team. I can help recruit. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm just like... Because that sounds amazing. And would that help, do you think, to feel more comfortable on stage? At if that was already had, like, sorted. Yes. <laughs> if that's have, all like, sorted, I'm going on tour right now. Right now, to have the like, crew. Let's put the baby and the girlfriend in the van. Let's go. <laughs> Someone is organizing my pedal board. And, exactly. you know, I don't have to do any of it. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. Oh, God, the nightmare of pedal boards. Oh, yeah. I don't want to do that. No. See, that's no. why I don't know if I'll go on tour. No. <laughs> I'm like, my oh, my favorite synthesizer is still at Future Music because I need to find someone to carry it with me because it's bigger. Uh, it's like, I'm just small enough and it's just big enough. 
like, that's when you get a mover. Exactly. I'll be like, can give I give them fifty bucks? Right. I'm like, can I get a postmate to do it? And I'd be like, I need a postmate, but one that's bigger than five feet tall. <laughs> because that's that's all I got. That's, I'm like a T-Rex, very small arms. Um, what I guess, like, what would you say to someone who now is listening and is like, I want to be a musician. I want to be an actor. I want to be an actress. What would you say to them, like, getting started now, I guess? With, you mean in this, in 2020, with yeah. this climate? And yeah. The way I started is posting things on MySpace. That's amazing. So, yeah. I think the more, obviously, there's so many online platforms now that you can share anything you do with. I would say, like, make your own things and put them online. Yeah, yeah. And, like, start by, like, touching your friends and touch their friends. And Exactly, exactly. And I think that people underestimate that because people expect to, like, there's a whole, like, thing of going viral. And it's, like, if you yeah. aren't, like, the next viral hit, like, the, what you're doing isn't meaningful. And I, but like... But that's so short-lived. Exactly. Exactly. And I love that you said, like, touch, like the hearts of your friends Mm -hmm. and their friends. And it's like, that's how to actually build connections. I remember when I started, my friends were like, this is my favorite song. Can you sing it? Can you sing it? And I'd be like, okay, no Ah! problem. I'll sing my song for you with your guitar in front of all your friends. And I'd be so shy about it, but also so flattered. (laughs) You'd be like, I hate this. I secretly love this. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for making me feel relevant. Thank you for acknowledging what I'm doing by myself in my room and making it feel like it's something. Uh, baby Soko. Yeah. And yeah, that's that that's what happens. Oh. And I think like that is the way to connect. Like, I mean, full disclosure, we're in my friend's living room right now. Um and looking behind me, I was like that's that's my friend Nati's piano. And at the last party that we had, like he was just sharing his songs like on the keyboard for everyone. And, you know, there are maybe, like, 20, 30 people here. And that's, like, one of the most fun things to do is to, like, yeah. support your friends mm-hmm. and to hear their music in an intimate space, even if it is solo. Yeah. <laughs> that was where I first heard Moses Sumney was in a backyard in Echo Park. Wow. Yeah, I literally... Special. <laughs> <laughs> like, so of those moments he starts singing and I was like... Angel, who yeah. are you? It's like, I will follow you anywhere, <laughs> Pied Piper of Song. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember just being stunned. Um, and I think, like, that's, that's really good advice to just start there. And it's also, like, to just start making your own stuff. Like, you don't have to have permission from someone to make things. Yeah. Um, and there's no limit to your own creativity. Like, when you're starting you're actually really lucky because you don't have an image established yet. You don't have right. people expecting you to be a certain way, do a certain thing, sound a certain way, say whatever things, and it's all clean slate and mm-hmm. all available. Yeah. So there's so many ways it could go, and, and you're like lucky enough to be able to like explore all of this. That's a beautiful way of putting it because, yeah, I know that when once you're, like, established or once people know of you, they expect you to either do the same thing. Yeah. Or, like, they have a notion of, like, what your music is going to sound like before you even release it. Yeah, and they're already like, oh, I know I don't really like this person. Right. right, right so right. I'm not going to bother listening to the music because... Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm not going to be into this anyway. I love, by the way, watching older people discover that Billie Eilish is talented. It's one of my great joys. <sighs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed her. with her. And I remember when, like, when I first heard it, it was it was a former student of mine who played me Ocean Eyes, and I was just like, I don't know who this is, but she's amazing. And then when I looked up, like, her and then, like, Phineas, and, like, I, oh, my God, I'm obsessed with his production work. And so I was, like, evangelizing, like, how amazing this artist was. And I remember she was written off by so many people because she's a kid. And I was just like... Just you, you wait. Yeah. You just watch. Watch it unfold. <laughs> so I was just like, I love when people can go into things, even like sometimes how you can prove people's expectations wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think like, I love watching that. It was a friend of mine who, he's a, he's a producer in his late 40s and is a bit grumbly about life in general. And he posted 
about how much he liked her new James Bond theme, and I was like, that's right. Mm -hmm. You don't like anything, and you like Billie Eilish. Uh (laughs) I got so, like, satisfied. Yeah. Um, It's great that this is the new pop world and that people look up to people like this that look different, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. don't over-sexualize their body, that dress however they want and don't have to like redo their entire fake face to look like something they're not. Yes, because I loved, I remember as a teenager I was obsessed with Fiona Apple. Like she was like my my teenager teenager in the music Mm -hmm. world. And I remember feeling so bad that it seemed like, even as a teenager, I, I understood it more when I was slightly older, but like I felt bad that people were sexualizing her. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to articulate it as a teenager. And now as an adult, I do. And now, like, I have such immense respect for her as an artist now as well. Um, like, her later albums have been just yeah. so, just pristine. Um, but it made me feel uncomfortable as a teenage girl seeing how people were treating her, who was a fellow teenage mm-hmm. girl. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that, like, Billy's just like, nope, that's not what's yeah. going to happen. <clears throat> yeah. I'm going to wear giant jammies. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, thank you. Yes. Finally. Yes. Well, I don't want to... Things are changing. Yes. That's even when you were talking about, like, veganism and feeling more comfortable in L.A. And I was just like, yes, more of this. Yeah. (laughs) More of this, please. More of queer Mm -hmm. culture. More of veganism. More of, like, welcome. Yeah. Like, (laughs) mm, more kumquat jam. (laughs) (laughs) My brain was like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to make that drown. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining thank me on Wine so Up much. Both. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. mine. You are lovely. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, please check out our friends at the In Harmony podcast. Hosted by entertainment journalist Laura Ferriero, it features in-depth conversations with leading figures in music, art, culture and beyond they explore artists wellness practices positive lifestyle habits challenges they've overcome social activism and their inspiring stories of personal triumph to illuminate inspire and empower you to live your most authentic life check out the in harmony podcast on anchor apple podcasts spotify and wherever you listen to podcasts Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode. Bye.